spiritual light to guide you on your path. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, my name is James Bean of SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com. For many, the term meditation suggests merely a practice about attaining a more relaxed state and only represents a series of techniques about stress reduction. For the initiate of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, however, meditation represents a portal to the divine, a door in the heavens leading to realms beyond, is a bright star in a mystic sky that turns into a tunnel of light, a river of divine light that flows into the eternal ocean of God. We must leave behind the shallow elementary teachings and progress onto the path of the masters and mystics and learn the secrets of spiritual practice that will open the locked doors of divine realms. Learn to see and hear for ourselves the wonders of inner space. Baba Somanath once said, those who transcend the realm of mind and the senses and enter the regions of pure spirit come to know as a living reality that dwelling within all forms of life, human and otherwise, is one pure light and love, though encased in so many types of veils due to karmic impressions. Our intellect was given to us by our Creator to carry on the work of this world of phenomena only. It enables us to analyze the impressions of worldly experiences so we can act with advantage. The scope of intellect is thus limited to worldly experiences which are associated with the nine outlets or doors that lead without the outer world as perceived by the senses. The realm of the spirit, on the other hand, lies within the tenth gate, beyond the eye center. That's a quote from Maharaj Jagat Singh, who was friends with Baba Somanoff long ago in the late 1940s, early 1950s. This single or third eye provides an ingress into the spiritual worlds, the kingdom of God, now a lost realm to most of us. Of this inlet or ingress, little is known by the people at large. A quote from Kirpal Singh. This is from Hazur Baba Sawan Singh. In the center, behind and above the eyes, there is an aperture. On this side of it is the material world in which we are now living. And on the other side is the astral world. Once again from Sant Kripal Singh. We are in physical bodies. We are conscious entities. We are so much tied up with mind and matter that we cannot differentiate ourselves. We have to leave the physical transcend the astral, go further beyond the causal, supercausal, and reach the true home of our Father. This is the true destination for each one of us. 
To have inner experiences of godly light and sound is no small thing. And really only the fortunate few blessed from above receive them. And really only the fortunate few blessed from above receive them. That's also from Kripal Singh. The approach of the mystic path is very different from conventional religion. Conventional religion speaks of salvation as something after death or when some theoretical prophecy is fulfilled in the future. 11 minutes past 11 on November the 11th in some future date on the calendar or in the afterlife, sometime in the future. Whereas the mystic path is all about attaining something of heaven even now while we are in the body, while we are alive. This is a mystic poem of Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, India called Seek to See God Now. In this life, the concept of salvation all describe to meet the Lord by dying while living, or meditation, none discloses. They all speak of the goal of salvation after death. How to attain it while living, no one says. Were they to reveal the method of achieving release while living, then alone would Tulsi be convinced of their words. Who speaks after seeing with their own eyes? and teach the method of salvation during life. They are of the stage and stature of saints, for they reveal the quintessence of the soul. When the soul awakens, its eyes and ears begin to open. It starts to perceive spiritually. It becomes a Gnostic or mystic, a satsangi, an initiate, one who knows the reality of God, the heavenly realms or inner regions, and its own true identity as a child of the living one, a child of the living father, the Lord of the soul. It has begun the process, the inward journey of the soul, progressing from faith to knowledge and from knowledge to experience. Why meditation? We travel upon an ancient path and many before us have made the same journey. Many have beheld the same inner visions, auditions of the spheres and noetic heavens. Meditation is a kind of temporary death to the outer world of the five senses as well as outer memories, images, and thoughts. When one fasts from the world and enters into this kind of heavenly repose or Shabbat, Sabbath rest, as it says in the Gospel of Thomas, it becomes possible for the soul to begin to perceive something of the other world that it inhabits, to see the Father, quote-unquote. The soul's spiritual senses begin to activate and perceive something of the heavenly realms. One becomes progressively more and more receptive to the heavenly sounds and lights with eyes and ears of the soul 
transcendental hearing and seeing, so that we may seek to see the Living One while we are alive. For countless ages, souls have described their experiences with divine light, an uncreated light of the Godhead, emanating from beyond this material plane of corporal existence. There is a light within you that will guide you on your path. This is a passage from the medieval German mystic Mathilde of Magdeburg on the wonders of contemplation and spiritual perception from her spiritual classic Flowing Light of the Godhead. A light of utmost splendor glows on the eyes of my soul. Therein have I seen the inexpressible ordering of all things and recognized God's unspeakable glory, that incomprehensible wonder, the tender caress between God and the soul, the unmingled joy of union, the living love of eternity as it now is and evermore shall be. This is from the book of Pista Sophia, a Gnostic book of faith and wisdom. All the rulers, archons of the height, have tried to deceive me into believing I am only a body of matter without light in it. And after this, the merciless powers surrounded me and tried to take away the light that was in me. But you appeared to me out of the darkness, and I trusted you, O light, and said, You are the one who liberated me. I thank you, O light, for having compassion on me, and you have saved me, O light, with your gnosis. A prayer to the light found in Pista Sophia. I found something similar in a spiritual classic by a French mystic by the name of Marguerite Perrette, her spiritual classic, The Mirror of Simple Souls, a spiritual classic in the tradition of the Cathars, the Friends of God movement, in the tradition of Christian mysticism, the Beguines, a somewhat Sufi, Hermetic, and Gnostic-influenced spiritual movement of the Middle Ages in Europe. Marguerite Perrette Now has divine light delivered me from captivity and joined me by gentility to the divine will of love. From the Mirror of Simple Souls Yeshua in the Gospel of St. Thomas, we have come from the light, for you have come from it, and you will return there again. Remove our soul from prison, for we have imprisoned ourselves, and bring us to the true light. May your might put us in safekeeping, drawing us up out of the submerged state towards that which we are heading. Remove, Lord, from before our sight all the veils by which our soul's vision is encumbered, preventing it from seeing your true light. 
Fascinating passage found in an anthology of mystics from the Church of the East, the Church of the Light, by the great-grandchildren of Thomas, founded by St. Thomas, the Apostle of Christianity, in the land of Mesopotamia, the region of the Silk Road, ending up in the lands of China and India. Quoted in the Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life, translated from the Syriac dialect of Aramaic by Professor Sebastian Brock from the Thomasine tradition of Eastern Christian mysticism. This is also from that tradition, also from Syriac Aramaic, from the great-grandchildren of Thomas. As the body's eye beholds corporeal objects, with the help of created light, so too the intellect beholds with the help of uncreated light the angels in their natural state. And when the soul is established in the sight of the glory of their ranks and their beauty, their harmony and their joy, it becomes like them alongside them. And in a moment, it crosses over towards the cloud of inaccessible light where God is said to dwell. And when the face of its Lord is revealed to it, it becomes stupefied and is made radiant by the rays of his beauty. There the rapture described by our holy saints takes place and the soul is unable to turn its back from this delight unless its Lord releases it from its union. It does not recall its partner, the body. In this way, it is exalted from glory to glory through the Lord, the Spirit, and it forgets not only things belonging to here on earth, but also its own self. And through the divine light with which it is clothed, it sees in itself the likeness of God. And in its boldness of speech it does not shun saying I am in my father and my father is in me and I and my father are one and other such things which may be spoken in the boldness induced by this kind of spiritual inebriation that's a passage from spirituality in the Syriac tradition also by Professor Sebastian Brock on the divine bliss of spiritual experience with the divine light. In the literature of the saints and mystics, souls are instructed to seek and not quit, to seek until they find. Seek, find, you may be troubled for a time, then be astonished, rule over the all or cosmos, and finally enter into rest. This is from the Gospel of Thomas, combining together the Oxyrhynchus Greek with the Nag Hammadi Coptic. 
imagining this to be as if a new manuscript is discovered, turns up someplace, providing a more whole, complete translation of this particular saying. If you are searching, you must not stop until you find. When you find, however, you will become troubled. Your confusion will give way to astonishment. In wonder you will reign over all things and enter into heavenly rest. Gospel of Thomas. And this is from Peace to Sophia, also about seeking. Seek all of you after the light so that the power of your soul that is in you may live. Do not cease seeking day or night until you find the mysteries of the kingdom of light, which will purify you, make you into pure light, and lead you into the kingdom of the light. Peace to Sophia, the Gnostic Gospel of Faith Wisdom, which has many passages about being rescued by the light. And there's a lot to that. Much can be said about liberation by making contact with the inner light. It is considered a requirement, a necessity, part of the process of the liberation of the soul. As we'll see from the teachings of the masters, The saints and mystics say we must make contact with the light now during this life if we want to be tethered to it in the afterlife. The path of mysticism is not about prophecy speculation, about stuff happening in the by and by, but making contact with the divine here and now. If it's real, we should be able to catch something of the rays of the light of heaven right now during this life at this present time while we are alive. In other words, heaven's not just for dead people. There should be some heavenly light that we can catch an inkling of right now. Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj of the Sant Mat tradition of India what is the glorious destination that we are striving for? When we close our eyes, we see darkness within. It is the realm of ignorance. When the light dawns within you, then you see that you reside in noble regions. In darkness resides ignorance, and in light resides knowledge. When we see darkness with our eyes closed, we are in the realm of death and rebirth, because we are not aware of our true nature. When we come out of the realm of darkness and enter the realm of light, we will at the same time escape the web of death. If we remain in the darkness, it is not possible to be free from the cycle of rebirth and death. Only when we achieve inner light, the divine light, which represents the glory of the divine, can we be liberated from the cycle of birth and death. Sant Kabir once said, In each house, in each heart, the light shines. 
but we are blind, we are ignorant of the divine light of knowledge, so we cannot see it. If we keep looking, we will find the light and will destroy the shackles of death. Without formless or subtle meditation, it is impossible to attain the inner light. You must first get yourself out of the darkness. How can this be possible? asks Swami Santseviji. Meditation practices of Sant Mat, this living path of the masters, saints and mystics. The path leading to God is within you. Enter into the Ajna Chakra, also called the Third Eye Center, and you will find your beloved. God is found not in a man-made Kaaba, but in a natural Kaaba, or holy place, within your own heart or self, within the true temple of the human body. Turn your attention within. The current of consciousness which is dispersed in the nine gates of the body and the nine senses must be collected at the tenth gate, the sixth chakra, the third eye, bindu or point, the center between the eyebrows. Therein lies the path for our return, says Swami Santseviji. The quality of one's meditation improves with practice. Short increments of quality concentration in meditation will get longer and longer with regular practice. You gradually become able to concentrate and maintain inner seeing and hearing for longer and longer periods of time. Pratyahara, a term that means bringing the ever-wandering mind back again and again during meditation, is followed by dharana, meaning sustaining the focus of mind for small periods. At first, this will only be for a very short time. Pratyahara involves the repeated practice of bringing the wandering mind back again and again to a focus. Through diligent practice of pratyahara, we become able to focus on the object of meditation for little stretches of time. These little stretches of quality concentration are called dharana, periods of dharana. When dharana is continuous for extended periods, the state of dhyan or complete focus or true quality concentration in meditation becomes possible says Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. The four basic stages of Sant Mat meditation, and this applies to other traditions of mystics as well, other schools of mysticism of the past have had similar practices. The sacred names may be different in Hebrew or Arabic or Persian or Coptic, but these principles are quite universal, part of a universal mystic tradition of the ages. The four basic stages of Sant Mat meditation. Swami Sant Seviji, the four practices are gross to subtle in an ascending order. Manas Jap or Simran, 
Manas Dion visualizing the form of one's living master. Dristi Sadna, contemplating the inner light, sometimes referred to as the yoga of light. Nada Sadna, contemplation of the inner sound, hearing the inner sound current, also called Surat Shabd Yoga, listening to the inner sound. And this is also sometimes referred to as the practice of bhajan, transcendental hearing, focusing on the inner sound. And the final stage is the soundless yoga, the level of anami, beyond the lights and sounds. The practice of manas japa or mantra or simran and manas dhyan is the worship of the material qualified personal form of God. God perceived as name and form in the gross or outer realm. The practice of the meditation on the infinitesimally small point is the worship of the subtle qualified form of God. God perceived as an infinitesimal point leading to the manifestation of inner light. Concentration on divine sounds other than Sarshabd, the divine sound of the beginning, the word or logos, is the worship of the qualified formless divine. And finally, meditation on the Sarshabd or Sarshabd, the true original divine sound, is worship of the unqualified formless transcendental Godhead. Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj from a rare satsang discourse of his in English. My commentary on the voyage interior, the journey of the soul's awareness from lower to higher levels of consciousness. The first part above describes the origin of the soul. The soul is part of the Supreme Being, the One, the infinite ocean in the true and highest spiritual realm or ultimate reality. Then the soul individualized, became a drop from this divine ocean and incarnated into various coverings or bodies, mental, akashic, astral, and physical, going to various realms, living out separate existences, being dominated by the senses. The one became the many. God is described as the nameless or soundless one. Then there are realms of sound and light and the relatively dark matter of the physical universe or multiverse. This is where most of us are, or at least where we think we are. This is where our awareness is focused or captivated most of the time, in other words, in this realm of the senses, we are aware of the world as we perceive via the outer senses, or five senses. If we follow the teachings of the Masters, we will discover a reversal of this process being advocated, an inversion or going within. The soul during meditation begins the journey back to its source. The many travel back to the One. By merging into the divine light, then the divine sound, the soul transcending the physical world, astral, causal, mental, 
and etheric realms eventually returns home again. It returns to itself again as the pure naked soul, the true self. I am that. I am that. That am I, exclaims the soul at that stage. In Sotmat, at the time of one's initiation, one is trained to observe certain inner lights and listen for certain key and uplifting inner spiritual sounds of the various planes of creation. In meditation, it can even appear like one is going through a tunnel or scenes change from one thing to another. Lights are within lights, lotuses within lotuses. There are sounds that morph into other sounds. The bell sound morphs into a conch shell, or thunder, drums, sitar, flute-like sound, bagpipes, vena, and so on. Beyond all the veils of the physical body and the subtle bodies associated with the different planes is the soul. In this form of meditation, Surat Shabda Yoga or Surat Shabad Yoga, the awareness of the soul travels from this outer world of the senses through astral, causal, mental, and etheric realms and back to itself again and comes to know thyself as soul. Beyond all these veils of darkness, light, and sound is the soundless one, the anami, the nameless one, the supreme being given many names by many people, traditions, and schools of spirituality, the lord of the soul, the one that many in Sotmat refer to as Radhaswami, the lord of the soul, the most high, supreme being in the ultimate state. Why the need for a living master teacher and initiation into the secrets of Surat Shabad Yoga? Soul travel upon this radiant road to reality, the currents of inner light and sound? Why the need for a living master as opposed to scriptures or past masters? Why the need to be instructed by a living teacher who makes sure you actually get the teachings correctly understood and get to the actual experience advocated by the theory of this knowledge. Of course, if it wasn't for living masters keeping the path alive for us now, recent masters and the past masters preserving this mystic teaching in earlier times, we would not be having this conversation. There would be no understanding or organized living path of living ones communicating this as a divine possibility, that human beings can taste something of heaven even now during this present life, in this present moment of time. Without there being living teachers, there would be no living students either, and knowledge of this practice would soon be forgotten and disappear, as we so often see in the history of the world religions. All that would be left is the everyday shallowness and illusion. Elementary teachings, misunderstandings, a never-ending procession of holidays and holy days on religious calendars going round and round and round, 
on the wheel of transmigration. Rites and rituals performed in earthly temples made of wood and stone, such as the lighting of candles and the ringing of bells, scrolls hanging on walls or sutras hanging on the walls, types and shadows symbolizing things not experienced, symbols of unknown heavenly things not yet perceived by blind eyes and not yet heard by deaf ears as souls remain in slumber, hopefully coming to an awakening in the future, in another place and another time, in another eon, as yet unknown as the seeds of life find new planets to take root upon and create new gardens of Genesis across deep fields of unseen stars and galaxies in this samsara cosmos, this ocean of space. For millions of years you have slept, asks Kabir. This morning, will you not wake? Sant Kripal Singh. The instruction in the esoteric teachings consists of the exposition of Simran, Dhyan, and Bhajan. That is to say, repetition mentally with the tongue of thought only of the words which are charged with the power of the master. Concentration or meditation, fixing consciousness or gaze at the center of the two eyebrows and linking the spirit with the saving lifeline within, ever reverberating in the form of the perennial sound current, the very life-breath of the universe, of which the Master himself is the living embodiment. As soon as the devotee is able to transcend the physical body, the radiant form of the Master or Gurudev appears in the subtle plane and becomes a guiding force to the spirit on the journey into higher spiritual realms, bringing him back to the true home of his father. Henceforth, the master spirit never leaves the soul, but continuously helps and directs, visibly and invisibly, directly and indirectly, in this life and the life hereafter, as the occasion may demand. That's a quote from Sant Kripal Singh. Bhajan, mystic poem of Baba Somanath. Seek the refuge of the Satguru, O dear one, for he will free you from your karmic debt. The entire world is consumed by forgetfulness and confusion. No one appreciates the unique message of the saints. The unfortunate ones of this world are dominated by maya, illusion, and they do not attain the immaculate state. Those upon whom the grace of the primal creator, the primal creator, is showered, alone have the desire to drink the blissful nectar of immortality. 
who is capable of singing the majesty of this state? Only the rare Gurumukh disciple can realize it. Having the Lord's darshan or vision, he transcends body consciousness. Such a soul is drenched in the color of love. Supremely blessed are such rare lovers who have attained an abundance of this spiritual treasure. Radha Swami proclaims for all to hear, Only the Gurumukh disciple sings this song of devotion. Abhajan, mystic hymn of Baba Somanath. From the Satsang Discourses of Baba Ram Singh Ji. So the point of telling you is that this path, which has been sent by God Almighty himself, the Surat Shabad Yoga, the inner light and sound meditation, that can be attained only by initiation from a true master. And only a true master can take us on this path because he can connect us to the Shabad within. He can connect us to Nam within. And this is only on this Shabd that the soul has come to this creation and got entangled in this creation of Kal, the demiurge, the negative power. And it is only with that Shabbat or sound that the soul will go back to God Almighty. Therefore, all the masters at all times have always talked and sung the praise of Surat Shabbat. And that has been the message of the masters in various yugas of time. Therefore, when we are initiated by our masters, it is necessary for us to get connected with the Shabbat, the inner light and sound current, every day, to do our meditation every day. And by doing so, we are helping our master to help us. Therefore, our love and affection have to be prioritized. And oftentimes, we prioritize all of the other things, all of the mundane activities and other things. And because we have a love and affection for those things, we prioritize those and we say, okay, after we have finished all of those activities, we will sit for meditation. And then sometimes we sit for meditation, sometimes we do not sit for meditation. And that's how our meditation gets affected. So if you have love and affection for your master, then you will prioritize that love and affection for giving priority to your meditation first. It is therefore incumbent on a disciple once he has been initiated to prioritize his meditation. He should always keep that to the forefront and do his meditation first and then all of the other activities should follow that. And why do we do this meditation? It is so we get free from this ocean of life and death and we rid ourselves from this illness of life and death. And that is the technique, that is the trick that the Master has taught us. That is what we should do, and do it with priority. The atmosphere is quiet, and we should make the most of it. So let us close our eyes and get connected with meditation. Says Baba Ram Singh. That's from a couple of different satsang discourses of Baba Ram Singh. 
Concluding today's satsang, a short passage from the Sikh scriptures of India, the Adi Granth, the Gurbani. Included in a volume in something called the World Gospel Series, published long ago by the Theosophical Society, a volume called The Gospel of the Guru Granth Sahib. Only the name of God can delight the heart. In return comes nectar filled with the essential reality. The one whose heart and body are lovingly attached to the name is drenched in nectar. The one whose heart and body are lovingly attached to the name is drenched in nectar. The one who is united with the name remains ever in love with the divine void, referring here to soon the third heavenly realm. God's servant is intoxicated through and through with God's presence. On remembering the Lord's name, heart and body dissolve in love and one drinks God's blissful nectar, it says in the Sikh scriptures of India. Spiritual light to guide you on your path. Thanks for joining me today for Spiritual Awakening Radio. Jai Guru Satnam Sahib Radha Swami. <laughs>